Well, it's just great to be together. Happy Easter, everybody. And um, I know we've waited so long for this occasion. That's why I was so keen. I was so excited. Just cut me some slack. That's okay. Do you know, this is very much a day to know life. And wherever you are, whatever you are facing, because Jesus Christ lives, you can face tomorrow. And in the cry that has been on the lips of Christians, that we've even said it this morning, actually, on the the cry that's been there throughout the ages of history since Jesus rose from the dead, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And that is wonderful news. And we're going to just take some moments now to read one of the earliest passages ever written about the resurrection as we turn now to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So if you've got your Bible with you and you want to follow what we're going to read, it's from verse 3 to 11, and I'm going to ask Ginny to read these words to us. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach. And this is what you believed. Thank you so much, G. Do you know, it's often said, you can't keep a good man down. And let me tell you, you can't keep Jesus Christ in the grave. He is the breakout king of all ages. And what is so amazing about Jesus is that although he never wrote a song himself, there's been more music written about Jesus than any other person in history. Jesus never painted a picture, and yet there's more art and more statues and more kind of things that have been put in honour of Jesus than any other person in history. Jesus never travelled more than a few hundred miles from where he was born, and yet today you can find followers in every nook and cranny on this planet. Isn't that amazing? How this one man from Palestine has changed the world. But you know, for those first men and women that were caught up in the events of that first Good Friday and that first Easter day, I guess it must have been impossible for them to fully realise what they just lived through. They were pioneers. They were the first, the first fruits. But you know, Meeting the risen Lord Jesus 
transforms everything. And through them, this message of resurrection would change the world. That's why we're here today, because they were faithful in passing on that message. The message that Jesus is alive and he meets men and women and boys and girls just like you and me right now, today. And this is the wonderful news of Easter. Their story becomes our story. And you know what? There's no one watching today that this does not impact. All of us, doesn't matter how old or how young, wherever we've come from, whatever our background, all of us need the presence of the living Lord Jesus to burst into our life. For some of us, today is a day to wake up. It's time to know him. It's time to connect with him. And today, you can let that happen. And just in a few moments, I'm going to give an opportunity for you to respond. But I just want you to know, this is your day. This is a day for you to wake up and come alive in him. And do you know what, church? The great news is this. Today is Sunday. And now, because of the resurrection of Jesus, it's always Sunday. Isn't that good news? Because that is what Jesus has accomplished for us. So what do we need to hear today on this amazing Resurrection Sunday? Well, do you know what? It's very basic, but the first thing is this. This event really happened. Jesus rose from the dead. Not a figment of our imagination. Not a fairy tale with a great good ending to cheer us up. This passage that we've read today as we said, is one of the earliest in the New Testament. It was written within a few years of Jesus' life. And Paul says it was passed on to him. And, you know, scholars are so confident about this. This, what they believed, was there from literally days, maybe weeks, after Jesus rose from the dead. They saw Jesus alive. They testified to it. And Paul is saying, by the way, if you don't believe me, you can go and ask them because they're still alive. They're not anymore, obviously. But at the time when this was written, they could go and check out the facts. In the Gospels, which we haven't had time to read today, I want to encourage you, take time this week to read the Gospels. Just Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, just the accounts of that resurrection. They tell us that this was set in a time and in a real place. Early on the first day of the week, on Sunday after Passover around AD 33, in Jerusalem, at the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. That is so precise. It's not like airy-fairy. It's there. It affected real people. The Marys, Peter, or Cephas, as we read, John and all the other disciples, Thomas. And in fact, over 500 people saw the risen Jesus all at the same time. And you know what? Between them, the gospel writers record in beautiful detail what happened. The race. John chapter 20. You can read that for yourself. John, who's writing the gospel, wants to show that he's a bit of an athlete. He beat Peter to the tomb. Peter might be the hero, but I beat him in a race. It's there. Luke records for us. The crunching of Jesus on a piece of fish after he's been raised from the dead. He's not a phantom. He's not a ghost. He eats fish and 
It's real food. And of course, the bit that I've, I've just got so in love with recently over the last 12 months, the neatly folded scarf that would have been around Jesus' head. You can read about that in John 20 as well. Have you ever wondered about why that little scarf was there? Well, you know, it was the case that many carpenters in Palestine would have kept a handkerchief or a scarf or a sweat cloth to wipe their brow as they worked. And as many of those carpenters didn't know how to write, it became customary to use this scarf as a means of communication to those who had hired them, that when the job was completed, they would put their scarf by the side of it to say, job done. And they would leave it folded. And then the hirer, if he came or she came to see the work, they would know it is finished. And you know what? The gospel writer John uses those very words on the lips of Jesus on the cross. It is finished. The carpenter from Nazareth, who is the son of God, has finished his woodwork. He's also defeated death and beaten the grave. Isn't that amazing? You see, I've said this before, but Easter is not about the bunny or the chick, but it's about the Lamb of God who was slain and is now alive with a glorious resurrection body forevermore. He's finished his work of bringing new life to those who will receive him. And I just want to say this. We've already talked about Alpha. I want you to know this stacks up. This makes sense. This has evidence. This isn't just fairy tale, wish upon a star kind of stuff. This will change your life. Come and check it out. That leads me to the second thing that I want to say this morning. The resurrection has to become personal. Just as it was for those five guys this morning who got baptised, it has to become personal for every one of us. There are some beautiful, beautiful personal moments as we read the Gospels. The moment where Thomas, Jesus comes to him after he's not believed the other guys that he's alive. And Jesus comes to him and says, come on, Thomas, put your hands in my wounds, in my side. I've often wondered, you know, if Thomas ever did that. Did he really? Did he really put his hand in Jesus' side? I think he did. What do you think? But then he says, my Lord and my God is personal. One of the most beautiful confessions that we can ever make. My Lord and my God. Peter on the beach. I love that story of Jesus restoring him back after he's denied Jesus three times. But perhaps the most beautiful personal moment in the Gospels is at the tomb where Mary Magdalene, distressed and distraught, not knowing that she's talking to Jesus, thinking he's the gardener, and then Jesus calls her name. 
Mary. Mary. This week, I got to catch up with my grandson, Micah, for the first time in a very long while. He's just two. And um, he's just learning to speak and getting some words out. But, you know, as we got close to where they live and just came into the house and into the garden, he runs up to me, hadn't seen me for a long time, and he says, Hello, Pop. Because I'm Pops, you see. Hello, Pop. I tell you what, it melted my heart. It melted my heart. He called my name. My grandson called my name. It melted my heart. But when Jesus calls your name, it ruins you for everything else. It melts everything. It changes everything within you. And you need to know he's calling your name right now. If you're viewing in, he's calling your name. It's your name on his lips. For me, that took place in 1983 when I was 18 years old. Some of you are now doing the maths, I know, working it out. A bit like Richard. I'm very young. I was in my bedroom contemplating a very dark film that I'd just watched. I felt horrible and unclean. My Bible, which I had left on the shelf, hadn't been off the shelf. It got dust on it, cobwebs over it. I hadn't moved for years. I'm sitting on the bed and it fell off onto the floor. That got my attention. And God spoke to me in that moment because I picked it up and I started to read. I can't even remember what passage it was. But something inside of me, it wasn't like an audible voice, but I just knew Jesus was speaking to me. And he said, Richard, who's it going to be? He called my name. And I knelt beside the bed and I said, I want you, Jesus. I want you. And in that moment, my life changed. And in a moment, your life can change too. And you know, maybe some of you are thinking, how could God ever love me? How could God ever bring me close? I've, I've messed up. I've, I've had a, a life that is full of evil and bad stuff. And I've made bad judgments. I've done everything I can to rebel. How can God ever love me? How can God ever bring me close? That's what Jesus did when he died on the cross. He took your sin and my sin and he paid the bill. It is finished. There's absolutely nothing. There's absolutely no one who cannot be called by Jesus right now into a relationship that will change their eternal destiny. And so you don't need to stay trapped in what has been your past. It can be forgiven. It can be healed. Hallelujah. It can be healed right now. And on the cross, authenticated by the resurrection, Jesus paid the bill for our past. Our failings were nailed to the cross. So we don't have to keep nailing ourselves. You know, some of you are really good at nailing yourself. I'm good at nailing myself. And it just becomes a big pit in which I begin to live. But Jesus sets me free and he can set you free. You have to change your mind 
about Jesus. That's what repentance is. And you need to acknowledge him, just as those five candidates did, that he's king and lord of your life. What are you waiting for? Today, you can know him personally. We're coming into land very soon now. Thirdly, obvious but resurrection defeats death. The impact of death is very real, isn't it? This last month gone, March, 23rd of March, we paused, or many of us did anyway as a nation, to remember the 127,000 people who have died from the virus. That's a sobering thought. That's more than the population of Bedford. This last year has brought home that we are not invincible and certainly not immune from this great enemy. You just have to look at the headlines and you realise that that enemy of death just lies waiting. But you know, every time, I don't know whether this is true for you, but it's certainly true for me, every time we hear of a death, there's something inside that says, no, that's not right, that shouldn't be. And the Bible tells us why. Because God has set eternity in the hearts of each one of us. There's something inside of us that was made to live forever. And when we, when we don't have that, we know that we're missing something. But you know, with the resurrection of Jesus, something has changed. There's now hope. Jesus has conquered this great unmentionable. We do everything we can not to talk about it. But Jesus has conquered it. And so great is his victory that the New Testament flaunts it. In the same passage that Ginny read, later on in 1 Corinthians 15, it says, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? And you see, the promise of Jesus is this, that if we put our trust in him, put our hand in his hand, and invest all we are into him, then what happened to him? What happened to us? That's amazing news. If you can imagine that death is like this dark shroud, this thick cloth that comes over us, that smothers us, that blocks out the life, blocks out the light. But if you can imagine Jesus as this amazing big needle that goes straight through that cloth and breaks a hole out the other side and the light comes in and the life comes in, that is amazing. That's what Jesus has done. He's gone through the shroud of death and come out the other side. But this is the good news. Just as a needle has a cotton attached to the end of it, when we are in Christ, we are attached to him. And as he goes through, he pulls us through with him. That's an amazing picture. But that's what happens to us. And so for the Christian, death is not the end. It really isn't. But what about those who haven't made Jesus Lord and Saviour? Well, you still got to deal with that question. Let me ask you a question. If, if Jesus were to ask your life of you today, where would you be? Where would you stand? I'll tell you what, on Resurrection Sunday, you don't want to be in the grave. You want to be alive with Jesus. And you need 
those of you that don't know Jesus, you need to know him. And today you can. Hallelujah. And finally, this is such good news. We have to tell it. We don't keep it to ourselves. He's got to burst out of us just as it couldn't be contained in a, in a tomb with a stone in front of him. We cannot contain it either. We must let it out. And we've been commissioned as God's family to do this. And we've been commissioned to do the very same things that Jesus did. To heal the sick. To bind up the brokenhearted. To release the captives. That's what we get to do. That's what resurrection people are all about. If you're not doing that stuff, it hasn't fully broken out. Because that's what we're called to be. Just like Jesus. And it means that we get to give ourselves to wholeheartedly proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. And I just want to remind us that we, I guess over this last 12 months, have been given a bit of a shake-up as the people of God. A shake-up to shake us out of the building, to shake us into the realities of the world around. We can't hide in here anymore. We can't stay locked away, hidden. We have to be on display so that Jesus can be seen by those all around us. And, and so I, I, I want to encourage you to do something right now. Some of you like playing with your phones all the time, and probably you're even doing it now. So why don't you use your phone right now to text somebody who you will invite to Alpha this Tuesday or Wednesday? Why don't you take this moment while you're playing on your phone? Come to Alpha. Come and find out about Jesus. Why don't you come and join us this afternoon at 3 o'clock on the green just up the way at Merlin Gardens as we proclaim Jesus is alive. It's time for us to let it out, to let this good news be told all around us. So it's time for you to act now. It's now your move. Some of you need to wake up. Maybe it's like being in a bedroom with the curtains closed and the sun's outside. There's light outside. It's time to open the curtains and let the light in. Some of you need to come and explore and meet Jesus for yourself. Come and sign up for Alpha. Some of you right now, Jesus is calling your name. And it's time for you to put your hand in the hand of the Son of God and step into life. For others of you, it's time for you to wake up and have a bath. Some of you need to be baptised. And there's, a, there's going to be loads of opportunities over the, the weeks and months ahead for you to do that. But right now, time for you to be baptised. Time for you to awaken others. Just be reminded, Jesus doesn't have a secret service. There's no undercover in that sense. We are his light in the darkness. I'm just going to take a moment. I want to encourage the band, if they wouldn't mind, just coming back up onto the stage as we just get ready to finish our time together. But I want to pray. I want to invite 
any of you here in the room, if you want to stand right now, maybe at home, if you're looking in, I want to encourage you, just take some moments just to stand. I want to call those of you who know you need Jesus. He's been speaking to you. He's been calling your name. This is your moment. This is your moment. Put your hand in his hand. Say, Jesus, I want you. Jesus, I want you to save me. Jesus, I need your forgiveness. Jesus, thank you. You died on the cross for me. Thank you that you rose again. You're pulling me through with you into that place of life. If you're on the live chat, you can say right now, I want to respond. Just type it in. There'll be someone there to pray with you. There's someone here in the room right now. If you just want to respond, you just, you just wave at me. You let me know. We'd we love to follow that up. If you need to be baptized, again, just say, that's me. I need to get wet. I need to be publicly baptized. Just type it in on the chat or let us know. Let us know. Yeah, Lord Jesus, right now, come and seal the deal in us. Thank you that you are alive and you're here and your spirit is breaking out and you want to bring life to all who are looking on. I just pray right now, release that in abundance and set us free to be your witnesses with great courage and boldness. Let us change the world around us, our community, our families, our neighborhoods, with the great news that Jesus is alive. Amen.